0: Welcome back to another episode of Doctor Me First. It's me, your colleague in medicine, coach in life, queen of burnout, throwing in a little sass there, Doctor Freaking Aaron Wiseman. I gotta practice what I preach. I'm a recovering workaholic, and rest is my detox. (laughs) So my team is pushing me to try to do more rest. I have really been invigorated since I got my new office and my podcasting equipment set up back full time. It's been so fun to be podcasting again and doing live episodes. But they're reminding me too that I'm overworking. So we are problem solving this. And in order to do that, we are doing a reboot showcase. All my work that I've done in the past, I might as well reuse it, right? Recycle, reduce, reuse. And so what we're going to do in this reboot showcase is take old podcast episodes that I've actually been on for other people and play them here on Dr. Me First. It makes me smile a little bit as I go back and listen to years ago when I was doing some of these podcasts. And I'm like, wow, I was really smart. I knew a whole lot of things. But I also see how I've changed and how things are different. (laughs) In the world of Aaron Wiseman, we call it, is it long-haired Aaron or short-haired Aaron? (laughs) Because you can definitely see a big change when the hair got lopped off during the pandemic. So listen to the episodes and then see if you can tell when I did that episode on the timeline of everything Aaron Wiseman. Long-haired Aaron, short-haired Aaron. Give me an email. I'd love to hear about it. I'm going to take my own medicine, I'm going to rest a little bit, and I'm still going to pop up as episodes for you to listen to. So enjoy this reboot today, and as always, friend, remember, your life, your calling, your pulse absolutely matters, and the badass in me honors the freaking badass in you. Enjoy! Enjoy!
1: are listening to Productivity Straight Talk with your host, Amber Delagarza. Garza. Amber is a sought-after productivity coach, trainer, speaker, and writer who gives entrepreneurs the straight talk on personal productivity. No BS, fluff, or overused jargon, just actionable strategies to get results and succeed in business. And here is your host, Amber Delagarza, Garza, the productivity specialist.
2: Welcome, and thank you for listening to Productivity Straight Talk. Today is episode 194, Preventing Burnout by Prioritizing You with Aaron Wiseman. If you're a business owner who wants to improve your time management and elevate your productivity so you can maximize profits, reduce stress, and make time for what matters most, then you're in the right place. And I'm so glad you've joined me. I'm really looking forward to bringing this conversation to you between myself and our guest, Aaron. Erin Wiseman is a life coach, podcaster, and mother of three. She faced professional burnout early in her career and speaks openly about her story to help other physicians find their calling within medicine and beyond. She lives and practices in rural southwestern Indiana and believes that to be a healer, you must first fill your own cup. I really wanted to bring Erin on so that we could have a conversation that you can listen in on about strategies and methods to prevent burnout. You know, burnout is one of those things that can happen to you and you don't even know that it's happening or... It's happening and you don't know what it is to call it. And so in my conversation with Erin, we really uncovered what does it feel like? What is that experience? How do you know? What are the signs of burnout? And not just what is it, some specific strategies so that you can avoid burnout or get yourself out of burnout if you find yourself in it now. The fact that We really need to prioritize ourselves is not a new message here on productivity straight talk. I believe with the core of who I am and everything that I teach that if we really want to show up our best, we need to invest in ourselves. And that is why leveraging yourself is the first pillar to my stop leverage formula. S T O P, how to leverage yourself, time, organization and people. And it is those four pillars, the Stop Leverage Formula, that I support my clients with, whether it's in private coaching or through my Leverage Lab experience. The reason that this is a key pillar is because there is no strategy out there that is going to trump you not prioritizing yourself. You not leveraging yourself, your health, your mindset, taking care of yourself, your your most valued asset in your business is yourself. And when we forget that, sometimes we need a reminder. And so today's episode, I hope, serves as a reminder to prioritize yourself on this journey we find ourselves in called entrepreneurship. Before we jump in, I want to make sure you get my hands on my free on-demand mini-training Take Back Your Time. If you haven't yet gone and grabbed that for yourself, I would love to gift you back 30 minutes each and every day. Perhaps this is the very 30 minutes you need to invest in yourself. Oftentimes that investment looks like sleep or maybe just some downtime. However you choose to use that 30 minutes, let me gift it back to you with my free on-demand mini training. You can grab that by going to amberdelagarza.com forward slash take back your time. And now let's meet our guests and get to the straight talk. Hello, Erin. Welcome to Productivity Straight Talk. How are you doing today? Oh my God, I'm so excited to be here with you. Yes, I am too. We did a little bit of pre-chat and I'm like, let's hit record. You got such great energy. And we are going to be talking about burnout today. But before we jump into that, I would love our listeners to hear a little bit about yourself in your own words. Who are you personally? And how did you become the person to talk about burnout? Mm, I'll answer those in reverse. Uh,
0: I hit rock bottom myself. And then like, bounce several times <laughs> with burnout. So uh, I feel like my own experience of being a physician who crashed and burned is super important and um, now helping others do the same thing. So who am I? I am a spicy female physician turned coach and podcaster. I'm a mom of three. I'm an outdoor adventure woman. I am a book dragon who loves... Chewing up fantasy fiction novels. I'm a farmer's wife. I am a forever athlete. And I think I'm a pretty badass woman as well.
2: (laughs) I love that intro. That is amazing. Okay. I feel like I know you a bit already. Those are such great describers. Uh, Share with us a little bit about how long ago was your burnout? So where are we finding you on your journey right now? My dark
0: night of the soul... I had several Dark Nights of the Soul, but the the clump of them was 2014. So about six and a half years ago, I was supposed to be on top of the mountain. I was graduating residency, finishing my family medicine training. Um, I had the husband check, kids check, house check, big girl paycheck, check, check, checkety check. And I felt empty and exhausted and cynical. Like, at not just myself, but everything around me and patients. And I was just, like, ready to throw up the middle fingers and be like, I'm out. I yeah. am out. And I did what I tell all my patients not to do, which was get on the internet. <laughs> because I'm the only female physician in my county here in southern Indiana. There are probably more farm animals than people. My county. And I found myself going from training in an, in an academic medical center to the middle of nowhere. And it was totally by choice. I'm a farm girl raised in it. And I was excited to get out of the hustle bustle, but it was also extremely isolating. Because who else was I gonna talk about that I hated my job? But they're like, Erin, you're an FN physician. Right. And who else was I gonna talk about about being exhausted than be like, yeah, you got kids. That's just what happens and who was i really going to tell that like hey i don't want this life because everyone around me was looking at me with stars in their eyes like you have made it you have done it and it was frightening to be perfectly honest because i was like am i broken is like is there something fundamentally wrong with me that i have gotten to this place and and i want out and so I talked to med school best friends. I talked to people that I trained with, mentors. I even got as ballsy as talking to my brand new boss about what was going on. And I just didn't even have the words. I just knew it felt horrible and that I felt stuck. And I I was just like grasping at straws to figure out, you know, what am I going to do? And luckily, I have an amazing husband. He is not in medicine, thank God. (laughs) And I remember sitting at our kitchen bar one night, and I'm like, I'm done. And he was like, Erin, just give it six months. Give us six months, get our heads on straight, and we'll see what'll happen. And so in those six months through just a lot of exploration and a lot of like desperation, to be perfectly honest— I found a fellow female physician who was out in California. She was in career. Kids are grown, not practicing anymore, that sort of thing. And she was doing this training called Entrepreneurial MD. I'm a DO by training, but I love my MD colleagues, so it's cool. And I signed up for the first time ever for this online course, and I started doing it. And I was like, oh, my God this is amazing. I must talk to this woman. So I signed up for what I now know is called a discovery call. But at the time, I just knew I needed to like talk to it. Like she was talking to my soul through an online program. I needed to just in real life talk to her, right? And I remember it was like a beautiful day. I sat out on my porch. I turned on Paw Patrol for my boys so that they could like be somewhat entertained and not kill each other. <laughs> and... I felt heard for the first time. And I felt like I could be vulnerable in ways that I couldn't, that I had locked down. And it was absolutely amazing. And, and that's honestly how I got into coaching. I was getting coached. Because then I was looking around and I was like, mm, where's not like the young, high-achieving mom coaches? Because we need this shit yesterday. And that was where my entrepreneurial journey started. Is then I went and got coach training. Um, and I just started um and it was scary at first because I was like who am I? Who am I to talk about these things and to try to help other people? And I think that's a lot of place where a lot of entrepreneurs kind of get stuck.
2: Yeah, for sure. So, do you believe that the burnout was just being in the wrong career or what what was cuz we're going to talk about burnout and I think that it's mm-hmm. a really common in entrepreneurship and I don't think it's talked about enough and that's why I have you on today. But what do you think led to your burnout, and was it as simple as changing careers to alleviate that burnout?
0: All right. So, contributes to burnout. There is a really cool dive diagram that came out of Stanford um, about, and it's physicians-focused, but I think we can apply it to all people on like what is the triad of burnout like we can categorize it we can use maslow's definition for it but like you said what are the like real contributing factors and so in this diagram the stanford diagram you know one corner of the of the triangle is personal wellness the other side of the triangle is systems like what you work in every single day the the pool that you come swim in and out of in your work and then the one at the top is actually culture and and that's the like the actual water for which you're swimming in and so when I talk to so many people I'm like listen burnout is not all you and it's not all your job but it's mostly your job so it's a one third two third breakdown and so was it the wrong career for me you know i don't i still don't know the answer for that to be perfectly honest i'm very grateful to be a physician to be trained to have the education that i have and the the tools for which i can help and heal other people at many points in my burnout recovery would i say that i would do it again absolutely freaking not mm. but like i said that ebbs and flows so I'm going to still say IDK on that. I don't know if it was the wrong career path for me. But what I do know because of my journey is that that one third piece of me, I didn't even know how to take care of it. I didn't even, you know, in high performing professional careers, um, so many times hustle culture is so glorified. I mean, suffering is a badge of honor. Look on Instagram and you can... (laughs) everywhere but like working harder and not going pee and like not taking care of yourself is 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 glorified. And so I had to totally relearn all of that in the midst of trying to tease out the environment for which I was working, which I later realized was toxic. It was a toxic environment. It it was it wasn't a clean swimming pool that I was going to every single day. It was like teenage mutant ninja turtle slime. Yes. That with the barrels. And so that was a lot to dig through. And of course, you know, now I can look back and and, and see that. But I think at the time we have to really acknowledge that it's not all things or, or, or all the other, like it's very multifactorial, but that we do have choice and we do have control.
2: All right. So let's pull that apart for entrepreneurship. So when you were a physician and you were swimming in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle pool, what I love about entrepreneurship is that if you find yourself in a toxic pool, like you're the leader. Like you can change that culture if you've built a culture of hustle and work longer hours and, and breaks aren't the best use of your time. That may have been habits and behaviors that have just grown within your business, but we do have the power to change mm-hmm. that. So if we do find that it is part us and wellness, but it's also part the culture, that's the part that I love about entrepreneurship is if we're willing to take ownership, we can now create that change. And I think that's the good point,
0: Willing to take ownership. So I'm going to say late 2019. Yeah, it was before COVID and everything hit. I realized in my own business that I was running a burnout hustle mentality. And I was really pushing my contractors um, and the people that work with me. And at the time, it was like, well, we just need to get this done. I just need to you know, succeed. And so I think it's really easy that sometimes in entrepreneurship, we're like, Oh, yeah, we're in control, and everything's fine. It did it. but we have to be willing to like really, really look at that. And so, I like to use red flags. so some some like toxic behaviors that I would have entrepreneurs to like target in in their business is, you know, maybe it's not like the bullying and like demeaning behaviors that's in corporate that we have so much, but like unclear policies and policies that are inconsistent or inconsistently executed, that can lead to toxic environment because it's a breakdown of communication. Little or no recognition happening, that's a toxic environment. Like, people need to know that you appreciate them. Then you don't have to like be falling all over yourself and like sending them $100 rose bouquets every single week. But there there is some amount that that needs to be implemented into your culture. I think weak communication like either not communicating or withholding or misleading information or having like tangled lines of communication is something I see all the time in entrepreneurship that leads to toxic work environments, that leads to burnout, that we as entrepreneurs have to be crystal clear about communication because we don't have the luxury of just going down the hallway and like, Talking to the secretary or like leaving a post it note on her desk or, um, oh, I'll bump into them at lunch. No, like you have got to make those opportunities and you've got to just really lay it out there of like, this is how is the best way for us to communicate. So an example in my own business, um, we were doing email, we were doing Slack, I was getting text messages and I was like, all right, all right, all right. We've got to like rein this all in and be really clear. And so we came up with a communication guideline. So like, if it's something that is urgent, important, this is how it needs to go down the pipeline. If this is something that is just important, this is where we need to stick it to remember that we're going to execute it and so on and so forth. And like when anybody goes on vacation or something like that, like setting up those lines of communication and, and also having the culture behind it to say like, you can communicate how you need to, like you can be open here. I think is super important for entrepreneurs to recognize that, yeah, our work environment is different, but we still can fall into some of the same pitfalls.
2: Yes. So that's really good about um, talking about the communication and, and policies about your team and making sure they're not burnt out too, right? Like, yeah. like I know, look, we're talking to high achievers. Like, this is who's listening to the podcast is their business owners, their go, go, go. They're, they're setting goals. And I, I put myself in that same category. Like, I literally say in an interview, I'm looking for someone that can run alongside me. Because I know that that's my tendency. And so I need someone that can can, can move fast. But I've also been increasingly aware lately that my threshold of running longer is different than my teams and i need to be hyper aware of that and know that there's there's rest and there needs to be these ebb and flows and planned out that there's slow times and there's push times um, so that i am making sure my team's not burning out but really no one else is is managing me i need to manage myself and know what are my limits to burnout what are my exactly. limits to what are my triggers That's something that I was going to talk to you about is like, I have been more aware of recognizing triggers to my own burnout. And I don't mean like I've had a burnout where I'm, you know, throwing in the towel and leaving my business. But burnout looks, I think, is on a spectrum. Would you agree to that? Like you can experience different levels of burnout.
0: Yeah. And I think it starts to show up in different ways. Um, depending where you're at. So like my first bottom of the barrel, dark setup, you know, dark part of my soul. I mean, that was all the measures were on zero, but I call them the D's, E's and F's of burnout. So I think if you're starting to experience one or a couple of these, you've got to step back and look. So D's are, if you're get, starting to get kind of disengaged, dissatisfied and discouraged, You need to be like, hmm, and just ask the question like with curiosity, what's going on here? E is exhaustion. And I'm not just talking about like a little sleepy exhaustion. This is like mental exhaustion when you feel like your head has been juiced, emotional exhaustion when you're starting to kind of like numb out or you're starting to have like hyperinflated emotions, and also like spiritual exhaustion, which typically shows up with the question of like, what am I here to do? Like what what was i put on this earth to do is this really it like what is my purpose that's spiritual exhaustion and so then f is when we start to like live in fear when we start to have more frustration Mm -hmm. and what i call the effort like flight like you're ready just to, to throw the birds and get out Oh. And so I think I like using, of course, because I made it up, the D, and Fs, but I use those as a personal guideposts to be like, all right, what's going on here? Because just like how I work in healthcare, like we take vitals for a reason. It's like keeping your finger on the pulse to kind of know what's going on. It's an ancillary data collection. And so I think that for entrepreneurs, you need to have some kind of pulse for which you reassess how you are doing. We have the ebbs and flows of business, but let me tell you, if you're in flow, if you are living in your purpose, you do hard things and you're
2: not burned out. Yes, I agree. So I agree with that so much. I love that you said that. It doesn't mean that hard means burnout or hard means, like we're gonna experience times of frustration, but it doesn't mean that it's burnout. However, it could mean burnout if it's sustained over time, I would say. Would you agree with that? Yeah, if it's a pattern,
0: if it's yeah. like a continual pattern that keeps coming up. I know for me, one of my big red flags that I have to pay really attention to is the exhaustion piece. Because I'm like you, I am I may not be smarter than other people, but I will work them into the ground. And mm-hmm. so because that is my mentality, I can push and push and push and push. And push a little bit more in all of those aspects, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, until I just crash and hit the ground. And so knowing that about myself, I need to put up guardrails. So I allude like burnout to me is like driving a motorcycle 120 miles down the road on a twisty, curvy, like mountainous paved road. And like, we need those guardrails to bump up against occasionally when you're going that fast and doing, and that's crazy thing. So either you can slow down your vehicle and be more attentive or you put guardrails in that you bounce off of. And a lot of times it's kind of painful and you may like, you know, get some road rash and break something, but that guardrail is there for a reason. And so one of my things is, is honestly like tracking my sleep. Like I just kind of like Keep a li- on my calendar, and I'll literally just write down like last night I got seven and a half hours, so I put seven point five. And the night before that, I put like mm, let me look right now. Oh, I got six and a half. So I know I'm not really like I'm a I'm an eight hour of uninterrupted sleep. Now I didn't know that about myself when I was um, on call all the time. Um, I realized that sleep is like better than any antidepressant now, but hindsight's twenty twenty. But that's how I kind of keep my vital signs is like, am I getting my rest? Also, I think about like at the end of the day, do I feel like energized? Like, oh my God, I had the best conversations with people. And I was on the um, productivities, you know, podcast, straight talk podcast, excited. Or do I like crawl up my basement stairs out of my office and like, oh God, that was a day. And so keeping track of that is super important.
2: All right, I love that because some other things that are coming up for me are, You know, when we work, so we can work really hard or we can have seasons of push, but can you do that and keep your guardrails up? So like my guardrails would be moving my body, resting, taking breaks, eating healthy. That it's almost as if that when those things happen, when we push hard in our businesses, those things go out the window. And then we wonder why we're we're literally on the path to burnout. So the thing that got us strong to be able to push, we were like, we don't need that right now it's all in we're all in and then ultimately it ends ends up in something that that takes far longer to repair which is burnout and and to kind of come back from but it was because in that moment you thought no 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 i'm just going to work harder i don't i don't need to do that that's not as important right now
0: i think that's a super great choice because another thing i look at in my calendar is like if morning appointments start creeping in or like evening appointments start creeping in. And and usually I can go back and kind of find when that started and when I started to derail a little bit. So in my business, I do not start my day till 10 a.m. That is like a hard start time. My team knows you do not book anything ahead of 10 a.m. because of the things you just said, like I got to get kids to school. My big thing is I'm going to make myself a good breakfast. And whatever that looks like for the day, something nutritious. Maybe it's just like a really good like juice that I make. Actually like follow a recipe, not just like throw all the in my refrigerator, <laughs> in the <laughs> juicer. But, you know, like, and take time for myself, move my body in a way that feels good. Maybe it's go sit in my hot tub or read 15 minutes in my like latest fantasy fiction book that I'm reading. Maybe it's time to have like some candle meditation time, whatever that is, that all gets to happen before 10 a.m. Because, What I realized is I used to be that woman who was like up and going, throwing Pop-Tarts as her kids, and she was like shoving them in her minivan, trying to get them to daycare by 630. And I'm like, this just doesn't work. This does not work for us. And I think there's something about stepping into your power and saying like, I don't want this. And there's so many people who are like, what? You don't do morning meetings? I'm like, no. If there's a 7 a.m. meeting at the hospital, I may or may not call in. That's my choice. And I think it's important as entrepreneurs because we could work 24, I could work 24 hours a day. I could grind it and get things done. But what I've recognized, like you said, is like, if I don't have my morning rituals in place, everything starts to derail. Another huge thing besides my morning rituals that just you just brought this up to me is delegation. If I don't have my squad and my team built around me I start to take on like oh I'll set up the email sequence and oh I'll fix that podcast thing and oh I'll do this and that and then all of a sudden I'm outside of like my zone of genius and I'm not doing the work that I truly need to be doing. So I think it's really important as you scale as an entrepreneur that you don't fall back into those habits. Like, yeah, you may know how to set stuff up, like an email sequence, but that doesn't mean you need to be doing it in that moment. And giving yourself the permission to like say, okay, this needs to be done. Who can do it? That is not me. Because I need to stay in what, one, I love doing, and
2: two, makes this company money. Right. And it there are certain activities that you can be really good at, but they are energy depleting. And I am also very aware of that. It sounds like we're very, very similar. So, and many business owners are when you first start out, like you're gonna learn rapidly a lot of skills. And so you're gonna, because the money is not quite there to delegate. But I think the best investment is to invest in delegating to others because you're not just buying back time, it's the energy piece. And that's really, really really important. And I I do talk about that a lot. Um, But that is for me too. So I want to just kind of bring a different point up. I am more than capable to handle a lot of things my team does because I was the person that did it sometime. I'm incredibly tech savvy. I understand what's going on or what needs to happen. But that makes me have to be even more cautious because it's so easy for me to dip into it. And even if Absolutely. I have the, yes, and even if I have the time, what I learned is that I can't do the big things and have the energy for like the coaching, the content creation and leading my team when I keep dipping into the smaller, not not as not, I'm not saying smaller is not as important. I'm saying the detailed things because it takes so much different energy from me that it then depletes me from the type of energy I need to do these other things in my business. And so then that's when I was like, oh, I have the time, but do I have the energy to move back and forth between these different types of activities in my business? And for me, the answer was no. And and my personal trigger for burnout is energy. And I know you've spoken a lot about that, about sleep and about that type of stuff, but energy management for me Is my indicator if I'm on the road to burnout, whatever that looks like, D, E, or F, or if I'm in my zone and I can keep up a steady pace and not be on the road to burnout. Uh, Energy, that's it for me.
0: Mm. Have you heard of the adaptive energy theory?
2: No. No. Tell me more. Okay, let me I'm tell so you. About interested?
0: This. <laughs> this is this is exactly what you're thinking, and actually, it's now got some data and research behind it. So, I first learned about this from one of my um, good friends. Her name's Dr. Jill Weiner. She's an internist out of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, she does a lot of work with wellness, with healthcare professionals, but other high achieving people. And essentially, she, through her own burnout. Um, was trying to figure out, you know, what am I going to do with my life? Am I just going to quit hospital medicine or what? Um, Wynne got trained in meditation, but being the like uber nerd that we both are, she went deep and started collecting all the research behind it. And some of it that she brought in is adaptive energy theory. And so adaptive energy theory is like envision yourself like your cell phone battery, you know, like zero to a hundred, and each day, we wake up with a certain amount of adaptive energy. And that's all what we've got for the day. That's what we're starting out with. So it's like, you know, if you didn't go to good night's sleep, you ate like some crappy food and drank a whole bottle of wine the night before, and like you had a total blow up in your email that you're still stewing over, you're probably waking up like a cell phone that hasn't been charged overnight. You know, you're like probably 43%. And through the day, just going about your daily tasks that takes energy that comes off of you. Well, then when something stressful comes up, that's gonna pull more energy out. Just like if you're playing, I don't know, my kids love this like, it's called Dragon Merge Game or whatever, and it kills the battery on my phone. But it's the same like like being in a stressful situation, like, oh my God, this project's falling apart, or we had this huge thing in the Facebook group that needs some um, client management, or you know what I mean? Just the things that randomly pop up that like take a lot of attention. Well, when you get to zero, you're at zero. And so many times people try to like push through that But through this research, it really shows like that's when you start making egregious errors. That's when you actually start um, impacting your mental health in a very negative way, pushing yourself into anxiety and depression. And so things that you can do during the day that can actually give you like plugging your cell phone for 10 minutes, giving you boosts like that is meditation. And that's where I learned about it in her course um, called The Rest Technique. And so... Other things like this, and it sounds like stuff that you're doing, like movement, exercise, pausing, taking a break, you know, really getting into your body when you're eating and not just like shoveling in a grilled cheese sandwich at your, at your desk. Those can't fully restore you like a good overnight charge, but they can add a little bit of energy to your day. And over time, if you keep adding in those habits, it actually increases your charge so that then at night when you do go to sleep, you don't need to like really pull down as hard. Um, that you can get to 100% quicker and better. And actually then when you do those little like power charges through the day, they're actually more effective. And so I think it's, it's something to put out there. It's, it's something that I have seen definitely work in my life. I used to schedule hour-long calls. I changed that to 45 minutes to just give myself like a 15-minute break between calls life changing. I can get up. I can go pee. I can go outside. I can go check on the kids. Shoot. If I just want to go and like watch a Lizzo YouTube video for five minutes, (laughs) I got the time to do it to, you know, like restore. And it makes the days just like flow by so much easier. And then you don't get to the end of the day on zero. Instead, you get to the end of the day and you're like, oh, 50%. So maybe I can like Make a great meal for us or, you know, let's play Monopoly tonight. Something like that. So I encourage everybody to like really look into the adaptive energy theory, but more so apply it. Just try it and apply it in your life and see what happens.
2: That, that is so great. I just did an episode from the time we're recording this one. And we'll link out to it called Creating Energy. And I shared all my own experiments and hacks on how I prioritize and create energy. And one of them is that I take a power nap three days a week, 25 minutes. And part of that process is that I count backwards from 20, kind of meditatively, never get to zero. And it's okay that I fall asleep. That That's the point. But it's part just relaxing my body and focusing on that and getting the nap in. And I share the whole story in that episode. But for me, it's, it's that I needed that recharge boost to get through the rest of the day. And not so much even for the rest of the appointments for the day, because I can always get through those. It was so that I showed up better for my family and at dinner exactly. and, and after work. Um, and I also, it's not just that. So just like you shared, there's all different ways. For me, it takes a lot of like quick plugins to, integrated into my routine and into my day to run at the speed that I run. And I prioritize that. And I want my listeners to hear is that if you're telling me you don't have the time to prioritize that, that is the choice of short-term thinking. Because... Long-term thinking is going to tell you, and you know this, is that if you keep saying you don't have time to take a break, you don't have time to eat lunch, you don't have time to eat a healthy meal, that you are on the road to burnout, oh, and you're I, already burnout. You're already crispy around the edges. If you're right? Saying that. Exactly, because they're justifying it and normalizing it, and they're and and you are creating your own culture. And there's so many people that are in corporations, their employees, and they would beg to have the opportunity to be able to set their own rules and create their own schedule. And my listeners, you have that and you're throwing that opportunity away. You have that opportunity to slow things down, to prioritize yourself, to create a schedule that works best for you. And yet I see it time and time again, you don't do it. because maybe you think you don't deserve it or you don't think that it's worthwhile. And I literally, I have Aaron on here to tell you that the road to burnout is no road you want to be on. And if you keep telling yourself you don't have time, you are lying to yourself. You can create the time to prioritize taking care of yourself so that you show up your best.
1: 110%.
0: You know, recently I've started trying on the thought, well, I've been trying it on, but it's, it's just not sticking yet. (laughs) Trying on the thought of the more fun I have, the more money I make. And to me, like intuitively at first I was like, Oh, that doesn't make any damn sense. Like it's like the more I work, the more I hustle, that's the more money I make. But realizing that, like you said, that's not the road that really, it's not about me and my time and what I can do, it's, it's all about that creation. And creation and creativity only comes in humans if we are out of fight or flight. Like if we can get out of, so medically wise, that's your sympathetic system. That's when you like fight, flight or freeze. And I see so many people operating out of that. They're like, oh my God, I got to start my day and I got to answer all these emails and da, 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 da. And you can just feel that off of them. So you got to get in your parasympathetics and all the things that you're talking about, Amber, all the mindfulness stuff, all the wellness stuff is, is moving in that direction, even just a few deep breaths. Let me tell you from the doctor perspective, it innervates your vagus nerve. That's the nerve that runs from your brain down the back of your neck all the way into your internal organs. We love that nerve in the parasympathetics because that is like the master switch to getting everything back into homeostasis and to calm, into balance. And so when you're telling yourself and perpetuating the thought of like, I don't have time for this, you are literally telling your body, you are not important enough for me to pay attention to you. And what will happen eventually is your body will scream back. And maybe it's a heart attack. Maybe it's some other kind of diagnosis. Maybe you're like my good friend, Dr. Valerie Rain, who ended up in the emergency room because the right side of her face was no longer working. Now, thank God she didn't have a stroke, but obviously her body was screaming at her enough. And so I really encourage people like what you're saying is like, don't wait till you get to the end of the line and you're ready either to jump ship, quit your job, wish you were going to get hit by a truck instead of, you know, work or your body screaming at you to stop. There are things that you can do now that you don't need to hit rock bottom.
2: Yes. So do you have any um quick tips to once you realize maybe, maybe someone's listening to this and they're like, Yes, I am on on this path. I felt it. I didn't have a name for it. I just felt like I wasn't working hard enough or I wasn't doing enough, or there's something wrong with me, which is which is what you mentioned, Erin, early on in your story was that you thought it was you. You thought there was something wrong with you. And and, I, and I'm so glad you shared that because I do believe that there are a lot of people listening that are thinking it's it's just them and they might not be able to put a name to it. So once they put a name to it and they're saying, I'm either on the path to burnout or I'm burnt out and I'm crispy on the edges, what are some quick ways or tips that you have for them to pull that back and get out of burnout?
0: hmm I think I remind them that like, hey, you didn't get here in four weeks. So like, you're not going to be quote unquote fixed or better in four weeks. And just normalizing the situation, like nothing has gone wrong here. We just are where we are. And this is where we're picking up on the journey. And then I asked them just to do a few assessments, kind of like getting their pulse. Like, how are you doing really? And that can be done through a couple different ways, just sitting down, having a conversation with like the people who are closest with you and you asking them that, like, how do you think I'm doing really? And digging into those answers and also doing it from a place of openness and not judgment or fixing. Like we are simply fact finding at this point. We are simply data collectors just trying to figure out like, okay, like what is going on? Because I've been moving a million miles a minute, so I got my scattered everywhere. So let's go around and like pick up all the little pieces and kind of see what's going on. I love
2: that you said it's data collection because when it's not, we tell ourselves stories and that will spiral us out of even more control. So I love that you mentioned it's just data. It's just data. And sometimes you need somebody to kind of help and shift
0: through all the data. I think Everyone should have a coach. I Hands down, I think every single person should have a coach. Someone that you can come to, that you can sit in a space with, who will, there's no judgment. There's no fear. There's just simply like, all right, let's just lay it all out. Let's just look at it and let's just be curious about it. So I highly encourage anyone who finds themselves in this spot, you, you need to have a person. And I don't care who it is. I am all about, like, there is plenty of room at the table for any of the coaches out there. Find your person and work through this. And then as you do that, the next question I would ask is like, okay, of all this stuff that's spread out here, what is the biggest struggle? And just know that your first answer is probably not the actual biggest struggle, but then you, you just keep asking yourself, well, what else? Or what's mm-hmm. under this? And you keep going and you keep going. If that's too big of a question, then where I start with people next is like, well, when do you notice yourself being drained? When do you notice yourself being like, I'm done, I'm out? When do you notice yourself saying like, I am so frustrated right now? And getting into that, because all emotions are great emotions, actually. I don't think we need to jump into like positivity and like, it's going to be fine. The sun will rise tomorrow. I actually encourage my clients, like if they give me an emotion, like, God, I just feel so resentful at my husband. I'm like, all right, let's make a resentment list and really get into this and feel into it. Because most of the time, almost all the time, I would say, if you are having a big emotion, it's because underlying, you have an unmet need. And so that's our job to kind of like dig down and be like, so what is it that you really need that's bubbling up as this big emotion? Mm-hmm. The other thing I ask people is, you know, like, what makes you feel really energized? Like really energized, even if it's silly, even if it's if it's something that you think is totally quirky, like what makes you energized? And when was the last time that you did that in your life? Oh, I bet and you get a lot amazing. of ahas. Yes. <laughs> It's amazing. People are like, oh, I squeaked that right out. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And then also too, like validating, I don't care what it is. Like it could be going for a walk. It could be orgasms. It could be a good book. It could be whatever. I don't care what it is. But you need to build that into your life because that is, you just identify that's what gives you energy. That's what Mm -hmm. lights you up, pumps you up, makes you tingle all in the inside. And it's so super important because you are not placed on this earth just to pay bills and die. Pleasure is a part of the human experience. And I am so
2: over us just denying that from ourselves. I love that. And I, you know, just to round this out, I think that our businesses should serve us and they should serve us in a way that we are excited about it, that we love what we do, that it allows us the freedom to, you know, create our own schedule and serve the people we want to serve. And when we believe that it is our right to have a business that does that, now you start moving into solving for that and creating it.
0: Yeah. My very last question, I have to share it with you. Yes. Is what are your greatest priorities in life? And are they reflected in your schedule? It's a super, super telling one because people all the time will say, What's most important to me? What va- what's valued into me? And then I'll be like, Okay, why don't you just screen share your schedule with me and let's go through it together? And it's like you could just see their heart, like their heart jump up into their throat because they're like, Oh, oh my God, she's like calling me to the carpet on this. And I'm like, yes. Because if these are truly your greatest priorities, or these are the things that you most value in your life, your family, your friends, your health, where are they? Mm -hmm. Where are they showing up in your schedule? Because you're not truly living in those. You're not truly living in your values if work is predominating everything. And I work with a lot of doctors. So, you know, we grind a good, 16, 18 hours a day, not counting our on-call time. And they're like, well, that is just how it is. And I'm like, wrong. That's just how it is today.
2: Right. I love that. I love looking at the calendar, taking an audit and reflecting because now that you have that information, you have the power to change it. That's amazing. So as we close out today, Erin, you shared a lot of great stuff. Like I am I'm actually I can't wait to listen to this uh, interview again myself as the listener. But thank you so much. Now, if our listeners would like to learn more about you and connect with you, where can they do that?
0: Oh my god, I would love I I so love listening to are getting messages from listeners turned friends. So where you can come, if you want to check out my website and the burnout work that I'm doing, go to burntouttobadass.com if you want to hear more of my voice and hang out with me on my podcast, you can go to Dr. Me First. It is for physicians, but it's actually for anybody. Perfectly honest, the same kind of messages are going to be there. And then um, close to March 2021, the Burnt Out to Badass podcast will be coming out as well. So if you're an Instagram person, come hang out with me there. But really, I honestly love me some LinkedIn I know I'm a total professional nerd, but I'm telling you, it's like the new Facebook. I really love it. I'm totally detoxed off of Facebook. So you can come find me there, but it won't be the real me. It'll be my team.
2: But if you want all Aaron Wiseman's ask, get on LinkedIn and Instagram. I love that. Yes, I think there's <laughs> There's a lot of people leaving Facebook and going to uh, LinkedIn. I've heard that a few times. So I hope, I'm sure they will find you. We will connect to all those places inside the show notes. And Erin, thank you so much for being an amazing guest and just being so generous with your knowledge and your experience and your story with us. I truly believe it will encourage someone listening today, if this is for you, to go take action and, and stop yourself on the path of burnout. Hey, if
0: I can come out on the other side, so can you. You are not alone, my friend. And I love it. I always tell people the grass really is greener on the other side. But you,
2: <laughs> you got to go through the shit to get there. That's awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Erin. I hope you enjoyed listening in my conversation with Erin as much as I enjoyed chatting with her. Her and I really had a great Way of jamming out because fundamentally we believe a lot of the same things. And Erin has made it her work, her life's work, to really support those that find themselves in burnout and also those that are primed for finding themselves in burnout and helping them avoid that with good habits and behaviors and coaching. And I wanted to bring her on, as I said in the intro, because unfortunately, um My clients, my audience here at Productivity Straight Talk, I believe, have a huge challenge with burnout. And the burnout comes from working really, really hard, having great intentions, but probably having their priorities, not where they want them to be, meaning you're not prioritizing yourself. You're saying that everything else is more important, the to-do list, the project, the next client, the growth in your business is priority over when you get a chance to take care of yourself. And I understand it. I I so understand it. I have such a, a drive in my soul to grow my business and reach my goals. And I would be lying to you if I didn't prioritize that At some points in my business. Unfortunately, I did get the negative effects of it and I learned from it. And I wouldn't say I've ever felt like I burned out of my business, but there were times where I know that my health was affected because I wasn't prioritizing myself early on in my business. And it was that walk, it was that experience personally and with my clients that allowed me to realize that everything that I teach, everything about time management and organization and efficiency and and building your team is not on a strong foundation if you don't first start with leveraging yourself, prioritizing self-care, making sure that you can show up your best so that you can apply these strategies so that you don't find yourself negotiating yourself out of the things you know that you want to do, the things that you know you can do because you don't feel like it because ultimately you're burnt out. I know it sounds like a big circle, but it's a circle that I've been able to identify as a root cause to a lot of the ways that we sabotage ourselves. It's because of lack of prioritizing that self-care and listening to the things like, is my business model in alignment with what lights me up? Are the clients that I'm attracting in alignment with what I actually want for my business? These are all big questions that need to be answered and do get answered through the work that I do, both in my private coaching as well as my Leverage Lab experience. If you found yourself saying, oh my gosh, like I think I have signs of burnout and I had no idea what to name it. Or I've had burnout and I don't know how I'm going to get out of it. It feels like I get myself out and then I come back into it. Wherever you're at, however you find yourself on this journey... I can tell you that the support that both Erin provides and that I provide with my clients is to not just avoid burnout, but get yourself out of burnout with very specific strategies so that you know how to do it. And I think that that's really important to say because when we are already in the midst of burnout, that is often the time we need to ask for help, quite frankly. Because we are not showing up our best. So even if like we know what we need, that's not enough when we find ourselves doing it ourselves. So I would love to support you and serve you if you find yourself in this situation and you think that I would be of help, it would be my honor to talk to you. You can find out more about Leverage Lab or working with me privately over on amberdelagarza.com forward slash work with me. And while you're there, make sure you grab my Take Back Your Time mini training to start reclaiming time to reinvest in your high value activities. And oftentimes, your high value activities can actually be first and foremost prioritizing yourself. So that's my straight talk for you today. Until next time, have a productive week.
0: I've got some really important stuff to share with you. Besides developing Doctor Me First over the last, I don't know, I think it's like seven or eight years now, and Burnt Out to Badass, which is a little bit newer. It's been going on for about three to four years. I've actually been developing another business kind of on the side, and a lot of you folks are surprised when you hear about it. It's called Physician Coaching Alliance, and it does a lot of amazing things. First of all, if you're a chief wellness officer or you want to see more wellness in your organization, hospital, medical group, residency program, et cetera, Physician Coaching Alliance is your answer. We do consulting and coaching within organizations to bring better wellness into the healthcare space. So you need to go over to the website, physiciancoachingalliance.com, drop me an email with the organization, who I contact, who I talk to, and we can come in and help your institution. The other part of Physician Coaching Alliance is for those who are looking for a personal coach. Of course, I would love to be your coach, but I also know that I'm not everybody's, well, taste and spicy sauce, let's put it that way. So there we have a menu of over 70 coaches who specialize in so many different things, who come from different parts of medicine. Some people are in medicine, some people are out of medicine, some people are hybrid. It's just an amazing group of an eclectic Amount of skills and personalities, I'm sure you can find your next coach there. So, again, same website, physiciancoachingalliance.com. And lastly, if you are a coach and you're tired of going in alone, maybe you're in a slump, maybe you just want to be around other physician coaches who are willing to give and are over the hustle culture and not about competing with each other, but knowing that how we heal healthcare is better together then also Physician Coaching Alliance is the place for you. PCA fulfills so many of these needs and more. It's all on the same website, physiciancoachingalliance.com. You can hang out with us on LinkedIn and on Instagram by the exact same name, physiciancoachingalliance.com. Yep, I've been busy. running multiple companies practicing medicine taking care of alpacas but you know what it is my heart and joy to do this and i hope that pca can become a part of your story too